I won't be giggling when you start. We're live. <laughs> Good evening, <laughs> Vancouver. And welcome to Canucks After Dark. Do you have a band in your house, Parker? What's going on? This is a whole new vibe to the show tonight. After that shellacking from the New Jersey Devils, I figured we'll change things up with some lovely background music that is going to fade out eventually. Uh, welcome to Canucks After Dark. If you are new here, uh, this is a Canucks podcast hosted by me, Parker Bucks, and my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? I'm doing great. I like the matching vibe that we got. We didn't plan this. We never plan it, so obviously. So I like that. I like the new music. Uh, a whole new us, Parker. What's what's the inspiration? I just wanted to change things. And they added they to our streaming software that we use, um, they added in background music. So I figured we'd try one of them out. Uh, for today's show and it is obviously perfect and we were we will never go back um although i feel like it has completely thrown me off kilter uh but we do have a a good show tonight hopefully we've got a, we've got three canucks games to go over uh as we normally do uh we've got some we, excellent goaltending to talk about from yaroslav Halak. uh we've got uh a bunch of other good stuff and it's going to be a fun show yeah, I, I thought maybe you wanted to change it, and I'll be ready next time you press go. I'm sorry, I, I wasn't ready, but I got so excited grooving to the music, and I thought maybe you want to change things up, just like the Canucks decided to change things up tonight, but I, maybe we'll go in order and we'll get to tonight eventually. Yeah, so let's start with, you want to go, do you want to, do you want to just, the game was today. I feel okay. like we have to, uh, we have to touch on it. Go All for we're going to say is the Canucks didn't play very well, hmm. and I think that's kind of the gist. They played okay. The defense was bad. The goaltending was bad. They lose 7-2. Uh, Halak lets in three goals in the first period, three goals in the second period, gets the hook. Demko comes in for the third, uh, and I got her for the second half of the second period. Uh, plays excellent, <laughs> as he tends to do. Uh, and then uh, that was it. The Canucks scored two goals that didn't matter, and they lost uh, on the second game of their four-game road trip, and that was kind of it. Parker, I was on the road for as I tweeted at you, I so I didn't see... The first two periods, I didn't bother watching the third. Be, uh, tell me, were the Canucks as bad as six two would indicate? Was Halak as bad as six two would indicate? They were. They they were very porous tonight. Um, they they were. If you looked at the shot counter, you'd think it yeah. was a pretty even game. You had the Canucks putting up thirteen shots in the first period, uh, and the Devils had nine. But you look at the at natural stat trick, and and high danger chances were four to two in favor of the Devils. Uh, the second period, uh, you look at the shot counter 11 or no, sorry, that's not shots, uh, 12 to 12, um, in the second period, high danger chances, five to two in favor of the devils. Uh, you look at the third period shots, 13 to 12 in favor of Vancouver. Again, high danger chances, seven to three in favor of the devils. So the devils had the share of all of the dangerous chances, 16 high danger chances for the devils tonight. Uh, and the Canucks were just porous they they're the chances that they got didn't feel very dangerous it didn't feel like mm -hmm. a lot was going to come from them and the chances the devils got were just all in tight uh and, and prime scoring opportunities um a couple of which halak should have had um mm -hmm. uh, and that's going to happen if you allow six goals on 14 shots or whatever it was um but it's not like the defense was doing uh doing the goaltender any favors tonight and that's kind of the vibe I got is, uh, of course, it looks worse because this is the game that finally ultimately triggered Halak's bonus. I get that. So the optics do not look good, but I, I saw more people saying that it was the team that was bad. And what, of course, there's some people that saying Halak needs to make a save. I get that. But I, I saw a lot of people saying, no, it's the entire team. Kind of like you said, porous is a good word or not a great word, but yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a couple of things on this. One of them is, you know, it's a back-to-back -back game. The team's kind of yep. not playing to their, to their best. That's part of it, but it really seems like they play a lot worse in front of Halak. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a confidence thing. Uh, I was mentioning earlier that, um, you know, I, I feel like if we have, if I have a bad goalie behind me, I play a little bit worse too. It's because you're trying to, you're trying to compensate, right? You're yeah. worried about making mistakes. So you make more mistakes. If that makes yes. sense, you're not like free flowing. You're overthinking things a lot. Um, and there were four defensemen tonight that had um, uh, mistakes that directly led to goals Four different defensemen uh, for the Vancouver Canucks, which is uh, not too great. Now I closed my notes on the game because I was, I was upset at the game. Uh, <laughs> but as I, uh, as I pull them back up here, February 28th, uh, so there was the first goal, Oliver Ekman Larson, terrible giveaway uh, yes, in the offensive zone, 
does this weird spinorama weak pass to the middle of the ice right to uh, Devils player. So it's two on one the other way and Jack Hughes scores. Um, mm-hmm. The next goal, Tyler Myers, terrible play up the boards, trying to clear the zone, but plays it along the ice softly to the defender uh, yep. with no support there. Uh, could have just gone glassing out, but Devils get the puck, tic-tac-toe, and they score. Then Luke Shen takes a dumb penalty in front of the Canucks net. Goaltender interference, <laughs> uh, or not goalie interference, but interference in front of his goaltender. Hits a guy basically into Halak. Maybe he was mad at Halak for a couple of bad <laughs> goals. Uh, and takes a penalty, and then they score. So that's three goals. And then the fourth goal, Quinn Hughes just gets beat to the puck uh, yeah. by Boquist, and, and they score. Uh, so yeah. that is the four defenders, OEL, Myers, Shen, and Hughes, uh, basically two of the pairs that all had mistakes directly leading uh, to goals. The other defensemen, uh, Hunt and Hamannick, were both pluses. On Plus one. In yep. a seven to two game. Uh, they were fine. <laughs> they played They played totally fine. Uh, it was the other four that, that had a real off night. Uh, and without a goaltender to bail them out, uh, things went poorly. And what's maddening, Parker, is you see the Canucks pummel Calgary play well and beat a really good Rangers team. And then how do you do this? I, I get back to back on the road, even though you're not even traveling and then you're not going to win them all. I get that too. There's two teams on the ice. I, I, it's always funny that people always say, Oh, they're going to make the playoffs for sure. They just got to play like this every night. Uh, you, there's another team that's on the ice too, that wants to win just as badly as we do, but it's still kind of maddening how you can have come off such two good performances and then do this tonight. Yeah. And, and what matters a lot is how the Canucks are going to bounce back. They they've done really well at bouncing back lately. Uh, mm-hmm. We've seen, you know, after most of their losses lately, they have won the following game and, and yep. done it quite handily. Um, but yeah, if we want to touch on those two previous games, we'll come back to this one because we do want to talk about goaltending a little bit. Okay. Um, the two previous games will go in reverse order. Uh, go back to yesterday, um, a 5-2 win over the New York Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. I was impressed. Most impressive thing on this game is the fact that there was a basketball game in that stadium six hours before. That is That is great work. That is so cool that they can do that. Um, but honestly, this was a, a really good game from the Vancouver Canucks, a five two, uh, pretty handy victory, uh, with yeah. a lot of help coming from, uh, that secondary scoring, uh, so to speak. Yes. Um, it only took that second popular unit, seven seconds to score after the, the first unit took all minute 45, but yeah, not only were Lamico and Heimer good, both with really nice goals and the special teams. I know we always talk about this, but when you can go hundred percent on both, that's, that's pretty good. When you mm-hmm. can kill off all of the power uh, penalty kills and, and the power plays for the other team and score yourself, you, you're usually going to win. And they did that last night. Yeah, and and the players scoring goals, right? You have Tanner Pearson scoring the mm-hmm. first one. He scored again tonight, by the way. Yeah. Um, a, a note on that during last week's show, I think we predicted the records, and I don't remember what I said, but I got a notification, a Siri reminder in which I said <laughs> Tanner Pearson gets the belt. Now he didn't get the belt. But man, I was close because he scored yesterday and he scored today. That's right. During the show, you recorded a series. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I was close. Man, I was close. I didn't know it was Highmore's birthday yesterday. I should have factored yeah. that in. Exactly. Um, but the, Canuck, the Canucks ran away with this one. Uh, they, they go up 4 nothing. a Pearson goal, a Myers goal, Lamico, yep. Highmore, uh, JT Miller getting another two assists in that game too. Um, and then it gets a little scary because the Rangers score two in the third, but yeah, uh, yeah. Pedersen puts it in the empty net. Demko gets an assist, which is nice. Um, this it was a good game. Demko was yeah. fantastic. Uh, special teams was perfect. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, all around a solid performance. And it's funny. I, I know I talked to my vlog about how with Dickinson out, they put Chase on it in, and then they split up PD Puckholes in and Huglander. And then it almost broke PD's point streak, which ended up getting broken tonight. Mm-hmm. But he had to score that backhanded <laughs> empty yeah. net goal from center just to get his uh, point streak continuing. So, <laughs> yeah, he got away with it. Um, yeah, it's again, I'm not a big fan of of putting Chase on on the line. I think I talked about that yesterday a little bit. Where, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna put Chase on in, uh, you got to put him somewhere. Unfortunately, yep. and uh, you're not splitting up the the motto line, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, you're not splitting up. Um, well, I mean, I, I feel like you shouldn't be splitting up the lotto line or, or at least keeping like Pedersen with puck holes and Hoagland or keeping with some scores. I don't know yeah. why he gets he gets stuck with the 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 chase on stick, so to speak. But um, and, and I mean, it, it showed a bit last night, right? Like they didn't they yes. weren't producing much um, and it really came down to uh, that fourth line uh, yeah. coming through uh, in spades uh, to help the yes. team win. And a great point, too, about the chase on and who who 
who has to play with him. Then I realized Chason's a true right-hander, whereas both Parkos and Huglander are left-handers. So I get it. One of them had to go to the left to so then Chason could play on the rights, and then one of them has to go to a different line. So I get that. So it's going to be one of the two. Yeah, but the other uh, two yeah. guys have skill, <laughs> which is also important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is my thought, though. No, that's fair. So do you think DJ Seppi gets in? I didn't even think about that. I yeah, forgot about that name. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be sick. Let's do it. Let's get him yeah, in there. That would be bring awesome. Bring him in for Chase on. Okay. Let's do it. Let's see what yeah, happens I'm, on I'm Thursday. I'm so sold. Uh, <laughs> that is the Start easiest the spell of all time. Yeah. Um, and then before this Rangers game, uh, the Canucks had a game against the Calgary Flames at oh, home. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was uh, a route, to be honest. Uh, it was a, a collapse of Jacob Markstrom, which we don't see very often. Kind of nice that it happened there. Um, and overall, I mean, the, the Canucks just couldn't stop scoring. Uh, they, they kind of chase Markstrom, but kind of not because well, they broke his skate. They broke his skate. Uh, and then he, <laughs> and then he didn't bother coming back in because Vladar got scored in the first goal, but let's just sort of go over this game quickly. Nothing happened in the first period. Uh, Canucks score five goals in the second and it's all the big names. Patterson scores mm -hmm. in the power play. Miller scores on the power play. Uh, by the way, both goals were excellent. Both uh, great shots uh, that beat Markstrom, uh, both high stick side, uh, which I noticed that you had called out uh, on Twitter there uh, that they had the read. Uh, yeah. Horvat scores a goal coming up late on that rebound. And then, yeah, <laughs> Markstrom breaks his stick while the Canucks are on a power or a skate. While the Canucks are on a power play, he doesn't have quick release blades in his skate. So they have <laughs> to, he has to, they can't fit it back in. So he has to go. It's like, yeah, there's only a minute and a half left in the period. Just leave and then we'll get the other guy to cover for the minute and a half. He gets scored on the first shot. I mean, unsavable, really, a really nice play. It's yeah. four nothing. And then Miller scores again with 4.1 seconds or whatever left in the period. Uh, and the game's basically over uh, at that point. And then they yeah. scored uh, Garland scored, and then Pedersen had a shorthanded goal, uh, which was a great shot. And then that was kind of it. Mangiapane breaks the shutout late, uh, yeah. but but a, 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 just a route uh, against the Flames, which if you're going to go on a route against any team, the top team in the division seems like a, a good choice. Yeah, I, was, um, I was lucky to be at that game and a full house. Obviously, the, the prospects of taking down a 10-game win streak, which we did. And of course, wearing the flying skates, uh, Parker, your your opinion on how they looked in them? They looked absolutely fire. Uh, it is <laughs> it is such uh, it is such a good look. Um, there, we had a lot of discussion in my post game mm. uh, about this. Um, I'm not of the mind that it should be the Canucks main jersey at all. Mm. I mm -hmm. think I, I I think you got it's like it's it's Vancouver blue and green just makes so much sense to me. But man, that is the best third jersey in the league if you have it as the third jersey. And compared to their current third jersey, which looks so similar to their main, what's the exact same color scheme? There's just no yeah. white trim, different logo, and that's it. But you could you could have this sweet other look, and you wear it ten times a year. You wear it like just on Hockey Night in Canada, right? That's yeah. all you got to do, and it'll, you'll sell a ton of them. They already do, uh, and it fired everyone up for this game, right? Everyone was looking forward to it because that. Demko looked so so good. Yes, that that was just so fire. Everything was perfect. The Demko nod to McLean. It wasn't just making news here in Vancouver across the entire league with how he looked, the story of how he got McLean's permission, how he worked with uh, very hard with his company to make sure that all the details were covered, and then of course Parker the windmill save with no stick. Okay. I'm not a good hockey player. We've established that on many streams, but even I know, even I know that if I was walking down main street against a goalie that has no stick, even I know to shoot low because there's no way he's going to cover the whole bottom. I get that. Yeah. No? But on the other hand, if you're that wide open, you're yeah. just shooting at whatever's open. Okay. Uh, and again, typically the best place to shoot is like 24 inches off the ice, right? It's not, it's not top corner. Right. But it's so tempting. It's so it, it goes top corner. It's so pretty. Uh, it's hard not to shoot up there. Um, and you're you were saying it sort of made like national sort of thing. Yeah. Um, six, seven, eight, nine. So on I when I when I sort of peruse for topics for the week, I go through the top posts of the week on the Canucks subreddit just because it'll have all the news there. And same with the hockey subreddit. Um, obviously, there's a lot of like Russia, Ukraine stuff in the hockey subreddit. And that's like the top yeah. five. Uh, and then number nine on that list is just a picture of Thatcher Demko in that gear uh, because it is uh, it is that good. It is so fire. The all the blacked out pads, uh, the yeah. old style CCM logo everywhere. 
Um, it just looked fantastic. Did you even see the picture on the back of the mask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was yeah, cool was, too. Yeah, it was McLean cool. and yeah McLean and Linden uh, embracing as they go to Game Seven to play against the Rangers. Yeah, it's just everything, every little details, and that that game connects cover all their details in and whipping these guys. Too bad we might not see them in the playoffs, but. We can only another, hope. another fun stat from this game uh, was the penalty minutes. Uh, the Canucks had two penalty minutes. The Calgary Flames had 34 um, because they did have 14. They had seven minor penalties for 14 minutes. Uh, the Flames fans were not happy about that. Uh, yeah. Also a perfect special teams game. Uh, one for one on the PK, three for seven on the power play. And that one for one on the PK, they scored. <laughs> uh, That's right. Uh, Pedersen scored. So, um and then, yeah, the two misconducts late uh, for Goudreau and Lucic, which were funny because uh, Goudreau is the one that got high sticked, uh, which just make it just that always cracks me up uh, when they get the when they get the person after. So uh, a dominant performance over the Flames, uh, a pretty good performance over the Rangers for a win, a bad game against the Devils on a back to back. But it's easy to sort of look past that one and look forward to the next game. Right. The Canucks yeah, get yeah. Uh, the Canucks have the Islanders um, next on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll have Demko rested off of two nights, even though he did face 19 shots tonight. Um, where do we want to go? Do we want to be positive? Do we want to be negative? Where do we want to, where do you want to go next? Well, I'll, I'll give you 30 seconds to think about it. I would say one last point about the Calgary game. You know how I've always said to you, and you've noticed it too, that Mott never shoots right on a two on one. He just, he just doesn't, that's not in his ho- hockey. Can you say he always house. shoots? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll, he never passes. Yes. Thank you. That wasn't a test. That was my bad. He always shoots. He never passes. But on that time, it actually worked because his shot, I think, gets blocked. It goes to the back. Hannafin then puts it up the middle, and that's led to Horvat's goal. Mm-hmm. So it's once in a while, Mott's lack of passing does work out for the team. And I'm I'm pretty on board with shooting on two-on-ones, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, de- defenders are really good at breaking that pass up. And it's not that hard if you're a defender. Like Mm -hmm. it's genuinely not that hard because literally all you have to do, if you lie down at the right time, there's, there's nothing they can do. Right. Unless they, they wait for you to slide by. Like it's, it's pretty easy to to defend that, but a shot on net, you can try to go for a rebound, things like that. So uh, it did work out in that case. Um, Let's do some, let's do some positive notes because you did just talk about Tyler Mott. Let's talk about that line as a whole uh, because they have been, they have been on absolute fire uh, lately. You know, we talk about, uh, that game against the Rangers where um, we have Lamico getting a goal, Highmore getting a goal. I don't think Tyler Mott even got a point that game, which is surprising. Yeah, he um, did. yeah. But they they have continued to just be uh, an absolute force. Even in their, their 13 minutes a night that they're getting, they are the most noticeable players out there at times. It's and all three guys, we could, we could talk about each of them. And it's funny because um, Tyler Mott is a UFA. Maybe we'll get to this, but the other two guys are RFA is only making 750 for Lamico and 725 for Highmore. So what a steal. You're getting that line for what's that? One five plus yeah, 2.7 for your whole fourth line. Now Lamico to me, he, he drives the line, not just because he's the center, but because he's the center, he takes the draws. He's really improved on his face offs. And I remember when he first came here, Parker, I just thought, he was kind of just gets the puck and does a wrist shot on net and play kind of dies and he mm-hmm. works hard and that's it. But last month we've really seen that he's got a lot more confidence. He's got skill uh, skating backwards and deflecting that one yesterday and he's winning faceoffs. I really like his game, regardless of who we traded him for. I really like his game. I, th- and, I think he's been a revelation. And that's a good point on the faceoffs, right? I mean, th- he's only in his, his third NHL season, right? And he's 26 years old. Uh, but his two years in Florida, he had a 43% and a 45% face-off percentage. And mm-hmm. that was something that was noted when he was brought in in that trade. Some people pointed out like, okay, well, this guy doesn't win face-offs, uh, which is not ideal. And I mean, he's literally lifted, listed as uh, as a winger anyways. Um, mm-hmm. But he go, he's improved that up to 51% uh, on this year, which is excellent. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it is a big upgrade um, over... Uh, even Jason Dickinson, who we're, we're not seeing in the lineup right now, but uh, he has he has really sort of made that that fourth line uh, that fourth line role. All three of them are excellent fourth liners, and like you said, uh, two of them being RFAs this year makes things a little interesting because you should be able to resign them at fairly cheap deals, right? They're not commanding huge raises. Um, yes, you know, Highmore's on pace for you know like thirty points if he played all season, which is pretty good. Lamico's on pace for about 20. Uh, I imagine Tyler Mott isn't on pace for that many. Uh, what's he at? Let's see. 
Uh, he's on pace for about 25, 26 points this year. Um, yep. So sure, like these guys can probably make a case to be in the $1.5 million range. Um, I mean, Tyler Mott more um, right. because he's, right. he's been a little bit more proven for more years. Um, but there are a phase, right? Lamico and Highmore are a phase. Uh, they should be a little bit cheaper. Uh, and maybe you go the term route, right? Maybe you say, hey, instead of one year at, you know, 1.2 or 1.5 or whatever it is, what if we give you three years at like one point, at like a little bit lower, right? Yep. Um, yep. And you sort of say, hey, instead of like, and I, I think you can go the same way with Tyler Mott being UFA, right? We've been, we've heard that like 2.6, 2.7 is the number that he might be looking for, which Wow, I, I don't know if the Canucks are in the position to make a move like that, but what if you say, hey, what if we give you like four years at like mm -hmm. $2 million, right? Um, kind of similar to what uh, Pittsburgh did with Brandon Tanev, but at a lower level, right? They gave Tanev like six by three and a half, I think. Yes. Um, so when you have these players, and th that's so low risk, right? If you're going $2 million, uh, if three years from now, Tyler Mott isn't good anymore, um, then you can send them down to the minors and it's only a million dollars off your cap or, or probably less by then. Mm -hmm. um, so, and it's good for Tyler Mott too, right? You know, if, if you can get four years of stability as a, as a fourth liner, uh, that's pretty ideal. And I mean, it's not like $8 million is much to scoff at. Right, right. And we can use Tyler Mott's contract as a comparable, the way his career arc and his contracts have gone, maybe as a predictor, a comparable for Highmore and Lamico. So Mott, he had his three-year entry level at 925 per, which is which is normal, fine. Then he signed a one-year Parker for 975, and then he signed his two-year, which is currently expiring, at 1.225. So he went 925, 975, and then like you said, not just a one-year, but Mott went two years at 1.225. So maybe if Highmore and Lamacor are making 750 and 725, yeah, maybe you go after them for two or three years. And instead of a one point, whatever, three, four, maybe you are going with Tyler Mott like contract between 1.1 and 1.2. I would love that. I would love, for, yeah. actually, I'd love to get them for 1 million each, but I don't know if that's reasonable. Yeah. And I, and I think you can sort of play with term a little bit there, right? Yeah. Because like I said, uh, you can, you can send someone to the minors and it, and it takes like a million dollars off your cap or so. Right. Yeah. So you can lock them up for as many years as you want around that number. And like, right. Like even, even if you say, Hey, Tyler Mott, we'll give you, or Hey, like uh Lamico, we'll give you, you know, five years at 1.2. Right. The only risk there is cash. And that's mm. not my problem. That's Francesco's <laughs> problem. Um, and it's, it's not really Jim Rutherford's problem either. Or Patrick Alvin's problem. So that's a route they could go. I don't know if that's the way they will go. Um, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. these are guys who have, have sort of had a, a real breakout here, right. Um, yeah. in that fourth line role, the three of them have developed a lot of chemistry together. They're all having career years. Um, right. Uh, not saying not like it's a, a crazy achievement, but I mean, Tyler Mott's best year, he had 16 points in 74 games. He has 13 points in 40 games uh, this year. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. you know, Matthew Highmore has never had more than six points in a season, uh, and he's got nine this year. Uh, Lamico yeah. is only in his third year, but he had six points in his first year, five in his second year. This year, he's played about the same number of games. He's at 12, right? Yeah. Um, so he's there, there, the three of them are working together really well. And that's, that's just on the offensive side that I'm mentioning, right? Not to mention, uh, they're, they're good play in their own zone and, uh, they continue to be sort of the, the heart and soul of the team. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I'm not sure we were joking about it last week when I know it was my buddy who actually tweeted it, but I, I saw some people saying these three guys, when you look at the guys they traded for, it's basically the Yulevi Gaudet Vanek line, which is pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, the fact that uh the fact that uh that Thomas Vanek, uh, I mean, we thought we thought the we, we thought that trade was a waste, right? We're like, yeah, ah, well, yeah. we would have rather the third round pick or whatever, right? Then Mott, um, yes. But Tyler Mott has been absolutely fantastic. Obviously, UC Okinen wasn't uh that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Lamico, uh, who we picked up for Yulevi, um, yeah. not to mention Noah Juleson as well, who's <laughs> who's playing well for the AHL squad. And then, yeah, Matthew Imer for Gaudet. And, I mean, what's Gaudet doing this year? Uh, yeah, where is he? What's he doing? Is he even in the NHL right now? Adam got – why isn't he? Oh, there he is. Uh, he has played – so how? who do, who was it? It was Highmore. Highmore yeah. has played 28 games. Gaudet has played – 31 games across okay. his two teams, uh, Chicago. And then he got uh, picked up by Ottawa, yeah. um, which was uh, off waivers. So Chicago lost him for nothing anyways. 
Um, and yeah, Godet has 13 points this year. Uh, Highmore has nine. Okay. The, the, okay. And and Highmore is much better defensively. <laughs> yeah. Than Godet was. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that's looking okay. Okay. Wow. So uh, predictions is Mott here at the end of the season. Um. No. That's my prediction. That's not necessarily my hope. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, I think if you're looking at people who you can get value for, who are on expiring contracts, uh, I think if they're smart, they talk to Tyler Mott soon and they say, Hey, let's talk extension now. Right. If the numbers are too far apart, you trade them, right? Yeah. That you have, they still have three weeks. They have three weeks before the trade deadline. You can sit down with Tyler Mott and you can say, Hey, let, this is what we think you're worth on an extension, whether that's, two, three, four years or whatever at $2 million, maybe even more. Uh, and if they're a million dollars apart or if they're, you know, $600,000 apart or whatever, and that's too much for them to bridge the gap on, then they can say, okay, well, maybe we can get, you know, a pretty decent draft pick for you. Mm-hmm. Um, or they say, Hey, we think you're worth this. And they say, we agree. And then there's like, Hey, let's just lock them up. Right. Cause Tom, a great piece to have. And he might not have a long career. Um, most fourth liners don't. Um, but I would totally be okay with, with Tyler Mott being one of those players that you see in a Canucks uniform for their whole career. Maybe the Canucks agree with you trying to bump up his trade value because he got bumped. He got put on PD's left wing starting the second period tonight. <laughs> yeah. Which, Even Hoaglander switched. Yeah. Right. <laughs> which again, I think is more of a Hoaglander statement than a Mott <laughs> statement at this point. Um, right, right. yeah. And I honestly, I don't think that helps his trade value at all. I think, <laughs> I think his trade value is way more helped if he keeps playing with Lamico and Highmore. True. Because true. I think scouts look at that and be like, I've never heard of these guys either, really. Uh, yeah. And they are playing very well together. Let's get a piece of that, um, yeah. which I think would be would be pretty fair. Oh, well, so many, so many questions heading into this trade deadline. I, I, I've been up and down. After that Anaheim loss, that blitz, why, why do we keep giving up seven goals, by the way? So after we lost 7-4 to Anaheim last Saturday... I was like, there's no way there's a playoff team. We got to make some really hard decisions here. And and then then they rattle off wins against Seattle, who you should beat. Then Calgary, New York. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're three games out with a couple games in hand. I get it. But maybe and 14% chance of playoffs, as you know, you're the one who tells me these things every day. And and you're like, wow. And then they do this tonight. <laughs> yeah, they're uh it's a real, they're a real inconsistent team. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a team that on their best of nights, they can go out and they can run the flames out of the building or they can, uh, you know, stave off the Maple Leafs uh, yeah. for, for two period for, yeah, for two periods basically and hold on to a win. Uh, or yeah. they can go out and get beat by the beat bad by the worst team in the Metro. It is a, it is a real hit or miss squad um, that sort of lives or dies by goaltending for the most part. Um, and sometimes they score a lot and sometimes they don't know how to score. And that's really it. That's sort of the story of this team is is you never know who you're going to get on a given night, which, by the way, isn't a great recipe for success. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not very it's not very confidence instilling. That's for sure. No, it's not. Um, Speaking of not very confidence uh, inspiring. Nice. segue. uh, Let's go into the goaltending. So here's the deal. Here's the the Vancouver Canucks have one of the best goalies in the NHL. Yeah. They also now seem to have one of the worst backup goalies in the NHL. (laughs) Now, the problem there is uh, the Vancouver Canucks have heavily relied on Thatcher Demko being an absolutely fantastic goaltender this year. Um, He has put up a 918 save percentage. Mm. uh, And he has won. I mean, he's only won 23 of his 41 starts, which doesn't sound that good. But then you realize the team in front of him isn't scoring goals for the first half of the season. And then that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, And then we have as the backup, Yaroslav Halak, who, uh, like we said, hit his one and a half million dollar bonus today, 1.25 or whatever it is. Yeah. uh, Hit a nice chunk of change today with his start, uh, who started the season pretty shaky, I think is a fair word. He looked a little shaky. And then he was pretty decent for a little bit, right? And he seemed to get unlucky. The team couldn't put anything together in front of him, but he was having some decent games. Uh, he had his save percentage up around 909, I think, at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has fallen off an absolute cliff. Uh, yeah. Tonight, he allows six goals on 14 shots. Uh, in his last 
two games. And again, I closed it again, which is dumb of me. Uh, in his last two games, I forget the stat. He's got like a 577 save percentage in his last two games. Um, cause he got, he got pulled in the last game too. Uh, and then the game before that, I think he, it was, I think in the last three games, he's got a 649 save percentage, Yeah, which is absolutely atrocious. So the bonus has been hit. Yep. Uh, does Halak have any trade value left? I, I think he does. I, I think he has a little bit. I, I still think there will be a team that's going to look at Halak as an upgrade uh, insurance as an upgrade over their backup. I do think there are teams out there. I don't know who I, I can't think of off the top of my head, but with this full new, no move, he can simply say no too. Although yeah. I don't know why you would, if you, if you, if you yeah, want to play things off. aren't, things aren't going well here. Um, yeah. and, and so my, my thought, um, well, my thought is that he doesn't really have trade value left. I, I think he's okay. too risky. Uh, I, yeah. I genuinely think that you, I think you'd prefer to go into a game with a backup who is a consistent, like 900 goaltender, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty reasonable for a backup, right? He was until three games ago. <laughs> well, the problem is, or he goes on a run where he can't make a save. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've had that a few times this year, right? Yeah. Uh, early in the season, that was the case. There was that, remember that Columbus game? He lets in three goals on like five shots uh, or whatever it was. And now he's on this uh, complete just spiral uh, where he has lost all confidence. Um, and in my opinion, I, I mean, I would rather have most other backups or I'd rather have a guy who's predictably around like eight ninety because like, all right, we got to go score four goals tonight. Not mm-hmm. okay. We're either going to be able to win this game two one, or we are going to get absolutely shelled and we're going to have absolutely no chance. Halak is a real live and die by the sword goaltender at this point where yeah. he's either going to play really well uh, or he is going to lay a complete egg and you will have zero chance of winning. And there's not much in between, it seems. Yeah. I love uh, what you said. So I did a poll last night. As soon as the Canucks beat the Rangers, I said, who should start in goal again, tomorrow against New Jersey? And uh, you had a really good quote. And then I'm going to get you, I need to get you to predict what the final result was. So you said, this is really tough. On one hand, you don't want to wear Demko out and have him play 70 games. On the other hand, Demko good. And the team only plays two more games in the following week, i.e. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday. And they're not even traveling on Thursday because it's, it's Long Island. So having said all that, take a guess, uh, Parker. Uh, one was, yeah, just take a rough guess. Demko so Halak. I voted on the poll, so I think yep. I saw the results at one point. I think there were okay, fifty seven. I think it was fifty seven percent Demko. Yeah, that's what it uh, ended up. Yeah, Demko okay. fifty seven, Halak forty three. Yeah. yeah, and so I was asked this on my post game last night as well, mm-hmm. uh, and I said at first I was like, "You just start. It's the easy decision. You just play Halak." And then I thought about yeah. it for a second. I looked at the schedule, and I and yeah. that's sort of what I alluded to there. And I said, "Well, after this game, they have two days off." And then they play two games and they play Thursday, Saturday, and then they have another two day break uh, or three day break. Even they don't play again until the following Wednesday. So they basically play after this game, two games in the next eight days. Okay. Right. Or yeah, seven yeah, days yeah. right around there. So there's enough time for rest. If there's any back to back that you are ever going to start your starter for both, this is kind of the best case scenario. Like you said, basically no travel um yeah. for the thursday game uh That's so right. yeah. so they they basically get to he he could just not go to practice the next two days fully <laughs> relax and that would be totally fine um also canucks had won three games in a row pretty handily they're on a heater demco would have been absolutely perfect in all three of those games mm-hmm. um so there's another reason to sort of to sort of go that route uh and halak hasn't been confidence inspiring uh yeah. also there's the bonus that sort of played into it Uh, there was like, the more I look, I thought about, I was like, man, there's so many things pointing to just like, Hey, just play the hot goalie at this point. Right. And sure. You don't want him to play 70 games. Um, but man, if you have Halak in these games, he's really not going to have to, because you're going to be way out of it soon. Um, when you're just losing games like that. Um, but the other thought of it was it's also the devils. They're not a very offensively strong team this year. Right. And sure. Mm. They scored seven tonight and and good on them. Uh, but coming into this game, they they had scored a bunch of goals lately, and that kind of also led to me like hey, maybe you do want Demko in because they've kind of been on a hot streak for scoring, yeah. um, and that's not the route they went. 
Now, I don't know if that is a Boudreaux decision. I don't know if he defers to Ian Clark more so on that, uh, because I know he said in the past that's sort of his his M.O. Um, But I think it's sort of the easy decision, because I Mm -hmm. think it's really easy for the coach to say, that was a back-to-back. We played our our other goalie, right? If he had put Demko in and Demko had played bad, it would have been very easy for everyone to say, well, yeah, you you should have started the backup. It's back-to-back games, right? So I think he went with the easy textbook decision and it backfired because now Demko gets still had to face 19 shots tonight, which isn't a ton, but I mean, it was supposed to be a rest day. Um, And, uh, and they still, and they got absolutely pummeled. So it kind of was a lose, lose, lose all around. Yeah. The way you lay it out, Parker, that makes a lot of sense why you would play Demko. And here's one more that I'm going to add to your argument. I, which I, now you've convinced me of hindsight being 2020 Imagine if the Canucks win tonight, and yes, sure, they have a, the other teams have a couple games in hand. You're now only one point out of a playoff spot, and I just think psychologically that makes a big difference because the Kings, mm-hmm. they're getting pummeled by Boston as we record this, so they're, they're going to lose, at, but they're, that's not the team they're chasing anyways. So you come with one point of the wild card, and yeah, now there's a, there's a few games before you play next and other teams could move, but psychologically, I think that says a lot. And who gives you a better chance to win? Demko? Is he tired? Probably not. Is he want to play? Probably. But I think you're right. I think Boudreaux does defer to Ian Clark. And he, he said as much as you said. And, and and Clark, I'm sure they've mapped out the plan for the, the rest of the season, right? not just mm-hmm. game to game. Oh. Yeah. And, and you do mention, yeah, one point out is is big psychologically, right? Because yeah. you, you look at it and sure, they would have had like Vegas. They would have been two points back of Vegas, right? Like that's, that's not just one point of the playoffs. That's two points away from being like, in the, in the top yep. three in the division, which might be what they need to do to make the playoffs at this point with, uh, with, yes. with Dallas in the mix in the central. And, and you look at that and you're like, well, Vegas is a really good team. If we can be close to them, maybe we can be a really good team. And it does, it does help you psychologically, especially if, especially if you have won four games in a row and you're that yes. close and thinking, Hey, well, boys, let's go win one more. Let's go beat the Islanders, right? Yeah, and then if you pull yeah. that one off, it's like, all right, now we have the Maple Leafs, but we are hot. We have won five in a row. We are we are in a playoff spot, maybe at this point, or right on the edge of one. But why can't we go and win this game? And it it, it does, you know, psychologically, it, it does help a lot. So mm-hmm. maybe this is a one-off. Maybe they go out, they have Demko back for the next few games, probably until March 20th, right? And that's a game yeah. against Buffalo. They, I think Halak can pull it off. Man, I hope so. And if not, <laughs> I bet Spencer Martin can. We'll get to that. Um, so if the Canucks go out and they take down the Islanders, which is a team that they should be able to beat, yeah. in theory, um, then I think then I think this game can be seen as a blip. Um, and I and it's fine to have a blip because look, if the Canucks had lost this game three two, it's the same result on the scoreboard or on the mm-hmm. on the standings, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, they wouldn't have had a negative goal differential again, which they got back in the plus yesterday for a short period of time. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, you can get sh- you can get shelled, but hey, maybe maybe this gets the team to work harder and and, and come out Thursday and and try to make up for it because we have seen them answer back in the past. I like to say we can beat the Islanders, but remember what happened last time they played us in Vancouver, February 9th. That was not pretty. It wasn't, but hey, maybe yeah. maybe that motivates them even more. Yeah, hopefully. So we know Demko's starting the next game and we know he's starting every the next he's not, we know he's starting the next eight games because the next eight games takes you to a back to back against Calgary on the 19th and Buffalo on the 20th. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, they also their next two games after that are also back to backs on the 23rd and 24th. Oh, interesting. So we are, we're probably going to see Halak twice in a five day span. Okay. Um, and there's some bad, there's some tough teams there. It's, it'll be the flames and and then the Sabres back to back. Like I said, Halak probably gets the Sabres, if not Spencer Martin. Uh, and then it's the avalanche and the wild. Uh, so, uh, and then also on a back to back and that's on the road as well. And it's a less than 24 hour turnaround. Uh, so that, that, that's sort of a scheduled loss and that's kind of two scheduled losses there because Colorado is just that good. Um, so when we get to that point, what are your what are what are we thinking? Because that's going to be right before the trade deadline. So right. likely, if Halak is going to be traded at the trade deadline, this was probably his last his last hurrah, like his last sort of scouting before getting traded. That's that's why I'm leaning to believe that he doesn't have trade value, 
because uh, I don't think we see him again, except maybe they play him on the 20th. Um, because the trade deadline is the next day, but that's gonna be a little <laughs> risky. Shut out, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. He gets a shutout, and then and then the Canucks trade him for a fourth round pick, and everybody's happy. Spencer Martin comes in for the next back to back, gets a shutout as well, and the Canucks make the playoffs. Right, that's the dream. Um, although that seems unlikely. So, um, what do you think the Canucks should do? Do you think Halak should play even another game for the Canucks, or do you think? Maybe it's time to to bring back Spencer Martin. That Parker, I never thought about that. That is such a great point about the fact that that could be his final game until the trade deadline, except for the twentieth. And by by then, you've already made up your mind. Yeah, because not only are there gaps, as you said in the schedule, but there are some good teams and some bad teams. So there, on one hand, you want Demko to play against the bad teams, and you think he'd be able to pick up wins, home wins against Montreal, New Jersey, and Detroit, and then you still have tough games like. Washington, Tampa Bay. And here's the other thing. If they trade, if they trade Halak, that team's got to pick up his bonus too. So another don't reason have why. To. Oh, but they got to pay it, right? No. The, well, the Canucks still. The, so the Canucks have to pay it because uh, yeah. he has hit the bonus. Right. So they that can be optioned in the trade. Right. But I think if any team is trading for Halak, they are not also taking that bonus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I think the Canucks are, I think the Canucks are, I think that, I think the bonus has come and gone. I think that conversation is over. Okay. I think if, I think if Halak was playing really well, then you yep. might be able to convince a team to take it too. But right. you're not convincing a team to pay him next year as well when he's playing like this. Yeah. And, and it kind of leads to actually the whole argument of why his trade value isn't that high, regardless of who plays. So I, I agree with that. So to answer your question, does he play again before and what's going to happen? I, man, I could see them writing down. If, if the Canucks win on Thursday and Saturday and still find themselves between one and three points out, I think you do ride Demko all the way until the 20th. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't see you playing. Yeah. You're not playing. You're not. Halak has taken months off before. I yeah. don't think you're, I don't think you're playing anyone other than Demko until that March 20th game. Yeah. And they're all at home. They're all at home. Yeah. And the thing is, like I said, do you like if you have a trade for Halak lined up, then you probably don't play him that night and you probably play someone else. I think it's going to really come down to March 19th against the Flames. If Demko gets a pretty easy night, which seems unlikely, but let's say it's a night like that 7-1 game against the Flames where, you know, maybe they're just they outplay the maybe faces like 27 shots. Right. Then you have Buffalo the next day. You probably ride him, especially if they're right on the edge of a playoff spot, because that might be their last winnable game. Uh, before the avalanche uh, a couple nights later mm-hmm. um but man i i still keep thinking why don't why don't you just bring up spencer martin for that game uh and i think i i the way that he played for that period of time was better than halak has played all year yep. and i think you i i want to see more right I, and, and just for the future right do you have a guy who can be your backup next year in spencer martin why not try and why not take a look that's a really good point and when you look at all the reasons why it's a home game so he's just driving into the arena yep. that the halak has already triggered his bonus so you're not doing halak dirty that's a great you know that's another thing wow that's a really fa- and then and, and I, I get why you don't bring up halak now because you can't move i'm uh, sorry why you don't bring up martin now because you can't move halak so you don't want to waste all this spot uh, this cap space and roster but you're right if it's a if it's a one and done because that's only back to back at home in the next three weeks. Yeah, maybe that makes sense to me. And then, then you have a very tough road trip: Colorado, Minnesota, Dallas, St. Louis. So, but who knows where the Canucks are going to be in the standings by then? Yeah. Ah, uh, you. I have time for that argument, Parker. I really do. Yeah. So I, I had this conversation a little bit on my post game yeah. again today, and I was kind of thinking, I was like, well, what if? I, I like I was like, even if you don't trade Halak, do you even want to see him play another game? Right. I, Cause I, I am fully of the mind that I think you, you bring Spencer Martin up for the back to backs um, because it doesn't, there's no real downside, right? I think, I, I don't think he has to go back through waivers again. I don't think you, so either. Cause I think, I think you're good to just call him up for a game, have him on the roster for literally that day and then send him down the next day and just have Halak sit in the press box for those. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, and then and then you're you're just kind of good. It's like I said, it's a, or like you said, it's a it's an hour drive, right? It's not like a crazy, crazy <laughs> flight over cross continent uh, flight. Yeah, <laughs> the Canucks I think only have three back to backs the remainder of the season, right? It's three games we're talking about. Um, oh, there's one more at the very end of the season too, which could be interesting. The Canucks have their mm-hmm. last two games are back to backs. I think they play Demko for both if they're in the mix. 
Um, so yeah, it might be, it might, we might be talking about three games here. Uh, and in, the, in that case, I think you play Spencer Martin uh, and I think Halak retires and he never plays another NHL game. That's my hot take. Whoa. We've gone from, uh, is he going to play again to will he get traded to never play again in the, in the NHL? That well, I mean, look, he's gonna be 37 next season. Yeah, he is clearly in a downward spiral. I, I don't know if he gets picked up next year. Uh, yeah. so that's gonna be my and I mean it's really easy for me to say that after he led in six goals on 14 sure. shots, but maybe if he didn't do that, I wouldn't say it. Uh yeah. so that like I said, that's my hot take for the week. You know what's interesting, Parker, with Pullman uh going on retroactive into LTIR with Burles there now, who knows what happened with Dickinson. We don't know the exact money calculations for the Canucks salary cap, but if you wait until March 21st, you could technically bring up Martin for the rest of the season. It's only his his contract prorated for a month. That's not the end of the world. When yeah, you think I think it. I think the reason I I didn't go that route, and you could yeah. if waivers are if waivers are a factor, then that makes sense. Right. Um, the Abbotsford Canucks, I think, play like tw- like 15 games in that month. Okay. Um, and I, and I think they're going to want him to get games. They have a really long homestand where they mm. play like they play in like 10 days. They play six home games. It looks like, um, so I, th- in sort of late March, early April, uh, and I think they're going to want him for those. Uh, and yeah. I think I want him to play those as well, but I, and I think, especially if he's playing well in the AHL, which all signs have said he is right. He's got a, uh, He's got a 915 in the AHL this year, which isn't crazy good, but it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's an option you have on the table. And then that way you also have the flexibility to have, you know, three scratches in the press box instead of just two. Um, yeah. if you have three goalies uh, uh on the roster for the game. Parker, the only way this would have got was, this would be a juicier story. Imagine if today somehow was Halak's only ninth start. Can you imagine if it was his ninth start today? Then we'd be debating for two months whether or not he's going to play. <laughs> well, I th- I think we should have been before because <laughs> he's been bad the last two games too. Yeah. Um, but I I mean yeah I uh, either way I think I I think I I'm, I think I've seen enough it is my is where I'm at, um, and I'm ready to move on. Sounds like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, was there anything? Do you want to do a quick preview on games this week? What do we got? We've got sure. only two. There's only two games before yeah. the next Canucks after dark. There's Thursday, 430 in uh, Long Island at the UBS arena against the New York Islanders. Um, thoughts on this game coming up? What's your what's your prediction here? Yeah, when you said UBS, I thought you were telling me that I talked too much. Um, so six three Islanders last time on that's the one where they scored didn't they raced up to a five nothing lead against us, right? At home. Yeah. And the Canucks were like, oh, let's make it interesting. And then it wasn't interesting enough. Is that a Halak start too? Probably. Mm. I don't yeah, remember. I don't, I don't remember Demko. The only game that Demko got ran out was the, the Anaheim game. Uh right? yeah, de- yeah. So Halak led in seven goals on 12 shots. Uh, five goals on, on 12 shots, sorry. And then Demko came in and stopped 14 of 15, as he does. <laughs> uh, and yeah. the Canucks almost came back and won it. I'd like to sit here and... and no, I'm not just like to... I, I will sit here and say um, that the Canucks should win. Yeah, if they have... I think their professional pride should... And I, I get it. The Islanders are trying to win too. But um, I think the Canucks bounce back. I really do. I don't think they're going to blow the Islanders out because the Islanders still can play stingy, although they have had a disappointing season. But I think the Canucks can win to set up for a big match against Toronto. I really do. It's weird. In February, we played the Islanders and then we played Toronto and we're doing the exact same thing. That's that's strange. Yeah, it was odd. Yeah, uh, yeah I uh, that's it's a team that the, the Canucks should beat uh, yeah. genuinely. And, and I mean, we're talking about a team that is uh, as they sit, they are 26, 23 and six, right? They are above 500. They are still literally uh, four points out of a playoff spot behind Vegas. Uh, and the mm-hmm. Islanders are not. They have 48 <laughs> points right now. The playoff bar in the East is 65. Oh. Um, so they are they are well out of it. Their season is basically over. Um, they're not really on a run right now. Uh, they beat the Ducks for nothing yesterday, but they they get the uh, they get the Avs tomorrow, uh, who are probably going to blow the doors off of them. Uh, they've been they've been struggling, um, and I think that's a team that the Canucks should sort of use as a tune up game, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If they want to be in the mix that needs to be a tune-up game for them they need to go in take the islanders out 
pretty confidently and then try to carry that momentum into Saturday's game against Toronto. Yes, a big, big hockey night in Canada game. And um, I, I, I have a feeling the Canucks are going to play really well. I, I'm, I can't guarantee, sit here and guarantee a win, but um, I know they haven't led. Well, no, I was just going to say um, Toronto was the one that beat Detroit 10 7, right? They had yeah. the 10. Okay. What's up with the seven, man? I know even Boston beat LA seven. What, seven, seven is the new, tonight, yeah, yeah. Seven is the new four, I guess. Or yeah, it's, it is crazy. <laughs> I, well, it seems to be that if goalies have a bad night, teams just take advantage, and they're like, "All right, we're just going to keep scoring until you stop us." Um, yeah. yeah, this is a this is an interesting game. Uh, the Maple Leafs are in real goaltending trouble. Uh, yeah. They have they have such good offensive capabilities. They take down the Capitals five three today. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They have Austin Matthews playing. Uh, just at a stupid level. Uh, how many goals does he have this year? I want you to guess. Do you know? You have a guess? Um, okay, I won't overthink it. They played 53 games. He's 35. played 50. He's played 50. He has 37 goals. Um, so he's on pace. That's like a 60 plus goal season, uh, right? Like if if he played every game, that's that's absolutely crazy. By the way, were you okay with uh, Austin Matthews getting first star of the week with nine points uh, in four games and JT Miller coming in second with eight points in three games? Yeah, Matthews had more goals, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. four goals and that's, that's sick. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, it's a team that can score a lot of goals, but they have had Jack Campbell, who was their savior in the first two, two months of the season, basically, uh, was getting all the Vesna talk 30 games in uh, mm. and and torpedoed off a cliff. Um, <laughs> remember he remember he was literally hitting Vesna conversation yeah and his and his save percentage is now 917 for the year, which is still good, but it was like 940. Um, so yeah. it is it has been very bad lately. Uh, they they almost blow to the Red Wings on Saturday. Um, and they get a bit of a tune-up game here too. They play Wednesday against the Sabres, and then they get a nice little break uh, before the mm. next game. For them, they're looking at this as the easiest six-game stretch of the season that they have coming okay. up, because yeah. they have Buffalo, then Vancouver, yeah. then Columbus, then Seattle, then Arizona, and then Buffalo again. Oh, so the Maple oh. Leafs are looking at we we are but a speed bump to the Maple Leafs. Yeah, like probably the hardest opponent of their next six games. Yeah, um, which is saying something. Uh, so they're they are going to have some momentum going. Keep in mind they've won their last three as well coming into it. So mm. a real chance for them to pick up some wins, um, and hopefully the Canucks can pull something out of it. But man, it's uh, that's going to be a tough tough game. Their division, Parker, is crazy. Florida 75, Tampa 20, 74, Toronto 74. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's and the thing good. is, if you don't win that division, you're playing one of the other teams, right? <laughs> the team there is such a there is such a uh, such an advantage to winning that division. Because if you win yeah. that division, you're playing probably Boston, which I actually for Toronto, maybe they don't want to win the division. <laughs> oh man, that would be so funny. Um, but I mean, yeah, if you get second or third, you're playing the other team, right? So you're either playing yeah. the Panthers, the lightning of your Toronto. And that's, that is rough. Uh, you, I think Toronto's just kind of screwed. You got to win that conference. So then you can, and they're not bad, Which is but tough, they're not as strong. Wa- yeah. Washington, you got it. But Carolina's doing so well on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And Carolina has, um, you know, it's not, I'm not going to, they don't have easier opponents, but, sure. uh, Carolina is, is hot right now. The, Pen- the Pittsburgh Penguins are up there yeah. too. That Eastern conference is, is absolutely crazy. And it's wild that, I mean, we, t- I think we said this a month, a month and a half ago that this, the eight teams that are making the playoffs are decided over there. They're right. Yeah. And it's cause there's literally a 10 point gap between eight and nine. <laughs> uh, we usually play Toronto well in Vancouver, but I, I don't seem to remember us doing what, that well in Toronto. Is that fair to say? Um, I don't know. I, uh, I want to see if I can, yeah, if that's a quick thing for me to pull up. And it looks like it kind of is, what do you type um, in connects Maple Leafs history or game? Yeah, history? that's literally what I did. Oh. So does this show me which team is the home team? Oh, it doesn't. It just shows me which team. Oh, maybe it does. What dumb website. Oh, I think home is first because the okay, last game was in Vancouver. It was, uh, it looks like the home team wins almost every time. Uh, so going, <laughs> going back to last year because remember they can actually play the maple leafs what eight times last year nine times last year eight times last year um the home team won every game that's the spoiler uh if this is to be believed which i don't really believe it um, unless they're just listing the winning team first but there's a couple that are opposite (laughs) okay so i'm not so i'm not entirely sure um let's see what this one says um oh does it say home 
Sorry, this is great radio. No, that's okay. Um, in the 2020s, the home team is 6-0. and Yeah, that okay. agrees with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's okay, crazy. So not, not a good chance then. I mean, statistically speaking. Statistically, they have 0% chance of winning. Um, <laughs> but they might win, which is uh, which is exciting. Um, so that's our preview for the week. Uh, that's <laughs> They played two games. Um, and I'm stuck on the Maple Leafs page. There we go. Canucks schedule. Uh, yeah, so they and then they, they don't play for a few days after that. They don't play again until Wednesday the 9th. Uh, so we'll have a couple games to go over. Parker, do you um, want to buy my Canadian tickets? That's the only game I have left to sell, or I'm, anyone else. In I here? am out of the country for that one. Uh, right. I will be. Uh, I will we'll be. In, it. Yes, I yes, will yes. be in Disneyland for that game, and I okay, will. Okay, that's worth I, it. I'll be out. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll reconvene on on Monday and, and talk about those two games at least. Um, man, it's already ten four or ten fifty six. Uh, do you want to take some questions? Sure. Let's let's go rapid fire. Um. Oh, man. does that mean I have to pick a question? Well, I can help too. Somehow. Um, oh, fun! Q saying that there's a new clip cut feature. Do we get? Do we finally get access to that? My channel didn't. Uh, but I don't think mine a, did either. That's annoying because uh, I know there is a clip feature. Um, I'm gonna pull it up. Yeah, we can. You can clip. You can clip clips if you want. Uh, if I really? ever go on a rant or, or there's a good segment, I'm gonna clip them and we're gonna use those. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, I want to hear it. your thoughts. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I already grabbed this one. Yeah, uh, your thoughts on Niels Hoaglander's game lately? You can always count his effort, but his overall game hasn't been great, and that's fine for a second-year player. But Bruce doesn't seem like the biggest Hoaglander fan, and I'm going to sort of parlay that into it doesn't seem like maybe management is either from maybe some rumblings. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I full disclosure as I've established, I didn't watch today's game. However, I will say this: on on one hand. It's kind of, you see flashes of his effort, his skill. He's got really good hands, some of the best hands of that 2019 draft. And remember, he's only a second-year player. I, I think that's the one thing for me, Parker, is I can keep coming back to. He's only a second-year player. But I do remember at the start of the year, and it's not you can only have one or the other. I kept saying that I thought by the end of the season, Puck Colson, actually I said it, it would happen earlier, that Puck Colson would be the stronger player and that I think he'd get more opportunities. We're starting to see that in terms of ice time, in terms of defending leads at the end of the, at the, end of the game. But there's room, obviously, for both these guys, especially on cheap contracts. you got to have guys on the entry-level contracts playing at least decently well and, and having a spot in the roster. So I'm not too worried. Yeah, he might not be the uh, Boudreaux's favorite player, but he still has a top-nine spot on this team, in, in my book at least. So I, I think it's just a rough patch. I, I, at least I hope so. Yeah, the, the sophomore slump is a coined term for a reason. Um, mm. And he seems to be sort of in the heart of that. Um, yeah. and, and keep in mind, for the first... 30 games of the season. So was the rest of the team, right? <laughs> Everyone was yeah. playing terribly. Uh, and Hoaglander just didn't seem to really come out of that. Um, like you say in this comment, the effort is there. Yeah. Um, it just, it just doesn't seem to really be working. And I'm again, I'm not too worried. We saw what he can be last year and sure. Some people flash and fizzle out uh, and it yeah. happens, but he doesn't seem that it doesn't feel like it to me because he doesn't seem like he's sort of given up. He, he's still always working. And just because it's not working, I mean, what would you rather have him out of the lineup and have someone else in at this point? Probably not, <laughs> because then we're talking probably about Phil DiGiuseppe, right? Um, yeah. And I'd rather him take Chase on out. Um, so I think uh, I, I'm not too worried. Again, I think if if the Canucks do want to make a push for the playoffs, I think he has the ability to be a big part of that if he can sort it out. But I don't know if that's going to happen this year. Yeah, that might be maybe more of a next year thing, hopefully. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll see. Ten minutes here, eleven minutes there. A dash three tonight. Not the best look, that's for sure. Yeah, although I'm not. I any forward that was a minus tonight, I give them no fault. Yeah, you don't um, pin it on them yeah. because every single goal was basically caused by defensive lapse, except for the sixth goal, uh, which was Halak seemingly not trying to make a save. Right, uh, right. So that was that was uh, any forwards that were a minus tonight. I uh, I don't give any uh, any downside mm -hmm. to. I like Sia's latest one. I was going to reference the fact that she said we haven't won in Toronto since 2011, which made me sad. But then she just said, "Heard this thoughts on a Miller trade package with Martin? How do you say that guy's name? Uh, Natchez. Okay, that guy, Ethan Bear, and a first round pick. So three Come assets. On, you, can, you can pronounce that. Let's see if I get that right. I have. I can pronounce Ethan Bear. Yeah, it's just it's natures. That's not natures. that hard. There you go. Natures. Good old um, mother natures. Okay. So Ethan Bear, yeah. I like. 
Yep. Uh, uh, he's not like a, a star, but he, he has the potential to be a, a solid defenseman. Uh, Natchez is young. Natchez is 23 years old. He is mm-hmm. a he's a player. He's got 20 points, 28 points in 48 games this year. Last year, he had 41 points in 53 games. Yep. Um, he he he's an RFA, right? Obviously, he's going to need a contract this year. He's going to get paid decently well, right? Maybe in the yep. three and a half, four million dollar range or so would be my guess. Just looking at his points, I have no uh, comparables or anything like that. Um, and a first, it's going to be a low first. That? Yeah, very low. Yep. Um, which same with any team that would be really interested. Uh, mm-hmm. Ethan bear is 24. He'll be 25 next season. Uh, he's a, he's a plus nine this season, uh, eight points, 38 games, um, which seems fine to me. Um, look, I think that is, I think that is two decent players uh, yep. and they're not JT Miller. Right. But I don't think, I don't know if I'd hate it. I don't know if I'd love it either. I think they I can do better. Yeah, I like Natchez. I, I do. I, I think he's really good. Um, I would try and squeeze one more asset out, whether it's a, a, a prospect or a, a lower pick. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think the Canuck, like, because look, if you're looking at Natchez and you're, he's a center, he's 23 years old, right? Yeah. If yeah. you're thinking two years from now, he is, you know, a, a 60 point player, which he's capable of, right? I mean, he was on that pace last year. Uh, in the shortened season. And this year, I mean, he's on a, he's on like a 50 point pace. That's really solid, right? That is, that's literally that that's a player who projects as a second line center in my eyes. Yeah. Pretty yeah. reasonably. Um, the Canucks have a number one center, Elias Pettersson. Mm. Uh, so if you, ha- and they kind of have a second line center in Bo Horvat too. Right. So I think, I think you're filling a gap pretty well there. Um, but like you said, I'd like, I'd like a couple lottery tickets with that too. Um, yeah. Just in case, right. The first is nice. Um, maybe throw, throw a, a sort of a reclamation project in there too, maybe. Right. Sure. Um, someone who's maybe 21 years old and, and isn't living up to expectations. And I have no knowledge on Carolina's prospect system. Um, but that sort of idea, you know, seems like it could be a little bit interesting to me. Yeah. I think you're, you're three assets. Of course it depends how good the assets are, but I think three assets is the bare minimum right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Any other ones you want to take here? Um, take Marcus's. If Setter's healthy, do we try to bring him back next season? I say no. Yeah. Where do you put him? Where do you put him? Well, it depends. Are you using him? Yeah, it is tricky. Well, the th- I mean, we'll see. They have to re-sign these current fourth line guys uh, right True. now. Um, Sutter's a good a good fourth line center. Unfortunately, an entire year off is not good. Um. So I say probably not. However, if you sign him for a million dollars, there is no risk, right? It's a contract slot, which is kind of a risk, but barely. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I wouldn't, if, if it came out that the Canucks had signed him for another year at a million dollars, I, I wouldn't be complaining. I'd be like, okay, that's fine. It, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But um if we're talking about just as an asset, even yeah, right. Yeah. If they bring, let's say Brandon Sutter's healthy uh, next season, which I don't know if that'll be the case. Um, let's say he comes back and he plays fine as a fourth line center. Um, that's a decent trade chip even right. Uh, yeah. When you do get to the trade deadline, if you're just thinking about it in that case. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't hate it. I don't know if it would happen though. Do you take a 33 year old Brandon Sutter at 1.125 using this year's contract? for one year or do you stay with Jason Dickinson at 26 years old, two more years at 2.6? Uh, well, you, what are you doing with that Dickinson contract? Otherwise, uh, let's say you, Oh, good point. Let's say right, you uh, got it. You got to You got to dump it somewhere. Yeah. Uh, if you can get anything for it or even nothing for it and replace it with Sutter. I mean, that's just taking a million and a half off the cap for a replacement. That's probably a side, a lateral move at yep. worst seemingly. Um, and it's yeah. crazy. We're talking like that considering not the massive hoopla, but we had expectations for Dickinson. And I think our expectations were fair. He seemed yeah. like he seemed like he was going to project to be a really good third line center, a really good defensive yeah. third line center. That's what he was in the past. He just hasn't been that here now, whether or not that is adjusting to a new team and, you know, you give him another year and maybe he's, he's better next year. Right. That's mm-hmm. always possible. Um, 
but it's also possible that he doesn't get better. And then you're stuck with that, that 2.6 million on the cap for the next two years. And for a team that's already capped out and not in a playoff spot, that can be hindering. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I guess we don't have to worry about it till the, we hope he gets better first and foremost for him yeah, and his family. That's the most important then, thing. Yeah, of course. All right. Mm. Um, I think we should wrap up there. Uh, so thank you all very much for joining us. If you missed any part of it, feel free to rewind. It'll also be up on your favorite podcast platform uh, momentarily. Uh, if you could give us five stars and have a podcast, that would be sweet. There's a little, uh, there's probably a link to the Apple in the bottom in the description. Click on that. Um, Clay, any parting words for tonight? Uh, hopeful, hopeful that uh, the Canucks can turn it around. Um, I, I always battle head and heart playoffs build the team for the, the future, but I do like, I get excited when they are at least in the race. So hopefully they can finish off this road trip with two strong performances. You, I agree. I think, uh, they have the, they have the potential to make things interesting here. Yeah. Um, and we have said for the last few months that the next couple of games are going to decide things. Uh, and they seem to just sort of continue to stay on that same trend and never <laughs> really swing wildly one way or the other. Um, <laughs> But hey, at least we're in the situation to talk like this because yeah. two months ago or three months ago, whatever it was, that seemed outlandish at best. Um, so let's just enjoy the ride. Uh, we will be back next Monday, 10 p.m. Uh, at our normal time. Um, and that's it. Thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed the little background music. I'm going to play it. We're going to it's going to play us out. OK, I'll uh, be ready. And uh, and thank you guys very much. And we will see you next week.